Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. Today we're continuing our discussion of I, Claudius, and we're going to be talking about Episode 6, Queen of Heaven. And so this episode, a lot of really important stuff happens this episode, which I feel like I'm always saying that now. So <laughs> the show is just dense, I think. The show is dense. Yeah, but this was a particularly yeah. dense episode. Um, there, are, and, there are no filler episodes. <laughs> no, 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 none. There, there really aren't any filler episodes here. Uh, it opens up with the suicide of Lalia, who's, uh, who is forced to sort of debase herself to, uh, with Tiberius in, in order to protect her, her daughter. Uh, but over the course of the episode, that, that kind of sets the stage, but the episode is really leading up to the death of Livia. Uh, as well as the death of Castor. Castor also dies in this episode. Uh, it's also an episode where we see Sejanus secure his control uh, and his influence over the Emperor. Um, he basically becomes the person you have to get, you literally have to get through him to get to the door. Like we, There are multiple scenes where he's at, uh, at the door to you know, Tiberius's chambers and nobody can get through, not even his son, without a nod from Sejanus. Um, but other important things are uh, Claudius uh, learns a lot from Livia this episode. Their relationship kind of changes because she wants to become a goddess. And she tells him, well, I'm going to put this in, in a, with an asterisk, but she tells him the truth of, of, what, of what happened. He asks for the truth in exchange for promising to make her a goddess one day, which we'll get into. There's a reason for why she, she asks him this. Uh, and she tells him the truth. Uh, the other thing that's that's somewhat important that happens this episode, it's not important this episode, but it becomes important, is Herod pretty much gets kicked out of Rome by Tiberius. Uh, and, and we also learn that Caligula, who we're now really seeing, I think, was this the first adult Caligula episode that we had? Or this we is the so, first adult Caligula, yes. So, so we, we, we meet Caligula for the first time. But it's interesting how he feels like he's always been a part of the landscape once he shows up. Um, it's yeah, a, yeah, he's pretty seamless. <laughs> um, but uh, but but we learn that 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 he thinks he is this great god that was prosef, uh, prophesied. Was it by Thrasyllus who 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 prophesied? Yeah, I think uh, so. Um, and and so you know, and so that's a big plot point. I, we want to talk about that too because that's a very interesting uh, <laughs> part of the episode. Uh, so yeah, so what did you think of the episode? Uh, I, I like this episode. I mean, it's 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 not as tight as the previous episode. The previous episode was very interesting and it very much focused on that trial and it had this really tight structure. This one jumps around a little more. Yep. There's a little more moving parts, but it's still just, all the moving parts are very strong. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's like in the you know as an analysis of the plot i'm like well you know it's not as good but watching it it's every bit as good as the previous episode no and, and what i like is this this episode breathes a bit but True. all of the all yeah. of the parts that it's that, that you're engaged that, that are there they're enjoyable they're 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 interesting and and they lead somewhere that you know they, mm -hmm. these are all things that that definitely become important um even even the thing with herod being kicked out of rome becomes important uh over the over the course of the show um so so yeah so i don't know i guess the i guess the most you know striking thing about the episode is how it starts it begins with a suicide at dinner and yeah uh, uh, yeah and uh claudius is invited as is agrippina there might be some other characters there as well but but what we know is that it's a dinner that where all the people that are present are important in some way. So it's kind of notable that Claudius has been included in this, I think, because that's true. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he's sort of been playing the fool, but Lalia, the woman who is staging the dinner, uh, she must know, uh, you know, Cl uh, Claudius's value. And it seems that she's a friend with Agrippina. So that's the, uh, uh, that's maybe the connective tissue. Um, but, but she, she tells a story of, of, uh, you know how they went to dinner at the imperial palace and her daughter attracted the attention of tiberius and we don't i don't think we know her daughter's age but we know she's quite young and it might might even be too young we don't know for for sure i think but it's it, it definitely seems like that might be a possibility here and yeah. and he then in uh, summons her to the palace and she goes with her and he is 
you know, being a, essentially like a really uh, dirty old man is is the impression that we're getting. And he wants to have sex with her daughter, and she puts she offers herself in place of the daughter, and the daughter is able to leave. And uh, but then, and we don't know exactly what happens, but she just says that you know he, she's she she describes the events as those beastly obscenities, and she can't get them out of her mind, and she can't even uh, be near her husband as a result of all this. And so she staged the dinner with all of these people present uh, because I mean she I mean I, it seems like the suicide is planned. Like this is a oh yeah this is because she even calls it a performance before. She she tells them what happens, and uh, and I and I think that the intent is probably to 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 at the very least plant a seed that will be will become the uh, you know some kind of coup against Tiberius or something. It's, it's unclear mm-hmm. what her her actual aim is, but um, but I mean you know she, she wants to make it a big scandal is yeah, what she wants to yeah. do. <laughs> but I think but I think she also I think she's trying to achieve some kind of revenge oh. against him. You know, well, like, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, though. By yeah. she, she wants to create a huge scandal for Tiberius. Well, is my point. Well, and 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 in the next scene is Tiberius and Livia crossing paths on sedan chairs, and yes. Livia mentions that to him. She, you know, number one, it, it's 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 one of the more, it's probably one of the there there are two light scenes in the episode, and so this really uh, gruesome scene because the the suicide is. I think one of the more believable suicides, like when you see her kill herself, it feels like she, like it feels like a real death. It doesn't feel like a stagey death to me, the way that, mm-hmm. the way that she does it. And it's followed by this light scene with Livia and Tiberius where, you know, they're kind of bickering and, and we're sort of, he's sort of, he sort of is like the, um, uh, you know, he, he's resentful towards his mother, but he still feels like an obligation to kind of, you know, uh, he, he's still a dutiful son to a degree, but he's just avoiding her. It sounds like, and she's calling him out on avoiding her. Yeah, I don't know and, how dutiful he's being. I mean, he's kind of trying to look dutiful while she's there, but he's, you know, by keep shutting her out of his life, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, he's kind of forced this situation where he has to be kind of semi dutiful for a moment. <laughs> no, but, but that's what I'm saying. He can't directly. He's not being. He's not able to directly just kick her out of his life he's kind of got to avoid her and yeah yeah exactly yeah she would wear him down if he was around her all the time um but but she says i heard about lalia and she calls it and she just says disgusting you know she's just like and i mean again coming from anytime livia is is casting yeah (laughs) you you know you're crossing a line um because she's seen it all so uh and, and she even says your brother drusus was worth 10 of you which is also a really, I don't know, a really striking thing for Livia to say. Yeah, uh, that's that that, uh, that that's that's a special line of hypocrisy yeah. there. It's like, oh, if only your brother was still around. <laughs> but but I know as far as the dutiful thing, I mean, I you know, I mean, he's not being that dutiful because the the only thing Livia is trying to get out of him in that scene is I want you to come to my birthday party yeah. and he does not give it to her. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he's not. No, but there's something about his like, demeanor. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a half-assed present. That's, that's it. <laughs> but, but there's something about his demeanor where she still seems to have power over him. He's he's like, like his, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like his head is down. He's scowling. I mean, he's always scowling, but in a lot of the scenes where we see him scowling, he's sort of leaning in and towering over people. And here he feel it's like, it's like he's being beaten by her with a stick. And when she's talking to him. And he's sort of, it's almost like he flinches at her or something. It's a, it's that yeah, kind well, of a, well, not being dutiful is an effort for him. It's yeah. like, you know, I, like I said, I feel Tiberius cause I, the thing is, you know, Tiberius does, you know, Livia doesn't get what she wants, but Tiberius leaves the scene also feeling like, Oh, it's not like he feels, yeah, I won. Yeah. It's a, it was just an unpleasant encounter for him all around. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. That's a good way to put it. I think, um, and so, you know, and the, the big thing that, that, that comes up next is uh, Sejanus is um, reporting treasonous utterances to Tiberius. Yeah. And this is an important detail because this is really showing us 
how Sejanus is is establishing his power in the city, and and it, it becomes very clear by the end of the episode that that Sejanus is he's got statue replicas of his statue uh, from the Pompey Theater being sold all over the town, and not only that he's he's having an affair with Lavilla, who is who is poisoning Castor initially with sleeping poison just to just so that she can sleep with Sejanus. Um, but but also, you know, uh, Sejanus eventually plants the 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 seed of of, of the thought of poisoning uh, lethally uh, in her head, and and she starts poisoning him lethally. And by the end of the episode, he's dead from from uh, from Liv- from Lavilla's hand. Uh, but in this yeah. scene, we we see that uh, uh, what Sejanus is doing is he's trying to report a corps commander named Silius uh, uh, Sassina uh, for. Ba- he basically at a party was overheard saying you know, he was basically bragging about how his regiments never mutinied and that Tiberius's regiments did and you know he pretty much says that he suggests that Tiberius owes his position to <clears throat> to to him and then Sejanus go- and 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 Tiberius isn't really buying it he's, he's he basically says well he's an old soldier you know what they're like and yeah and and the important thing about this scene is I feel like this is the scene where Sejanus cuts all of the old remnants of Tiberius. Like the one thing that it seems Tiberius still is holding on to about himself is the that he's an old soldier. That he sort of you know, that that old legion life and he still has a sense of loyalty to this guy, even though the guy's bad mouthing him. And and Sejanus says, Well, I think there's more to it than that. And and he and he goes on to mention that Agrippina was present and he know, and he must know that this is like a, yeah. a thorny, you know, there's a, a sore spot for Tiberius and, and that he was probably just doing it to, to impress Agrippina. That's probably what this was about. Um, because, you know, as, as we all know, uh, Germanicus's troops never mutinied either. So, 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 and, and at that point, that's when Tiberius pretty much agrees to do what, what Sejanus wants. Um, so I think it's an important scene just because that's where I think that's really where we I think we see a lot of people make crucial decisions this this episode. And and this is one of them. This is where Tiberius, I feel, is is really ceding all of his power to Sejanus and also giving himself fully to his debaucherous, de, you know, his debauch nature. He, he, uh, yeah, which has only been lightly hinted at up till this episode, but it's like now that he's got this power, it's just it's just exploded everywhere. And of course, we have we have Caligula, you know, using that too in, well, in an early scene. And I think I think it might actually be during that scene. I don't know if it's that meeting that Caligula. Yeah, Caligula. Yeah, it is the same scene. scene. You're yeah. right. Caligula, he, I think, comes in before before Sejanus, if I recall. And and he basically, it's funny. Caligula shows up. I think this might be Caligula's first scene. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. I, I think, think so. And his I and his was, first was, his first act is to to give Tiberius a gift of pornography. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he's he uh, you know so so he, he comes in and, he, and, he, and he's obviously on friendly terms, and this has sort of become. I'm guessing this is like the connecting point between him and Tiberius. This is the the thing that they can both that they, it's a quality they both seem to share. Um, and he and, yeah. he and he says that he, he he borrowed money from Uncle Claudius to give his great uncle this 200 year old skull. <laughs> and and Tiberius is very pleased with the gift. He says it's a thoughtful gesture. And uh, and and so. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting. Very, very interested in it, definitely. But and, uh... <laughs> and also, it's interesting that later, Livy has sort of figured out that that Tiberius is going to make Caligula his successor, and her reasoning for why is very interesting. She says, "Well, you know, he wants to be liked. That's the thing that he really wants in in, in life. And mm. and you know, what what better way to be liked than to have your successor be somebody who's ten times worse than you?" So, yeah, and that's yeah. And, and in the show, that's exactly the effect it has. So that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, I think I think I think I mean I think it's Claudius that completes the thought. Yeah. He's the one. I mean, Livia's thinking that, but Claudius is the one who actually says it out loud. Yeah, and, and I think I, I think we should definitely get to that. It's I want to hold that for now, but I do want to get oh, to that because sure. that's sure. an important scene. That's, that's uh, so, very important. So, scene. Uh, but um. But yeah, so we know that uh, Sejanus has established his power. We also see that he's having an affair with Lavilla, and there's a again, like I mentioned, there's that you know, uh, there's the scene where Castor has had this um, interaction with Tiberius, where he comes away 
very upset because he he sees what type what what Sejanus is doing, and he tells Tiberius that he's building a prison brick by brick, and you know at some point we're not going to be able to get out of it. Like he, you know this is yeah. you know th- this is dangerous. What's going on? And uh, and 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 it's also clear that Castor is maybe trying to turn a new leaf because he's kind of been. I don't know, a party boy up to this point. He hasn't been a very responsible man. And now it seems like he's trying to serve his father and uh, and he's horrified at what he's seeing Sejanus do. Um, so, you know, in the next scene, Sejanus is, uh, 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 you know, we, we see uh, Castor complain to, to Lavilla and then he gets very sleepy and it's clear that she's poisoning and making him sleepy. And then the very next moment, it's, uh, you know, she's in the room with Sejanus. And I think what's interesting yeah. about the affair she's having with Sejanus is, look, we, we know that Lavilla is a, um, is a, uh, uh, I don't know, she, she doesn't seem like the person who develops genuine romantic attachments that much. You know no. I mean? She seems to view everybody as a stepping stone or uh, a pathway to some other goal that she has. But, uh, but she's clearly in love with Sejanus. I mean, this is a, uh, I don't know that I don't know how much Sejanus reciprocates at this point, but but she's uh, she's so in love with him that she's willing to throw everything you know caution to the wind and poison her husband Castor, and uh, and I think Sejanus may just be doing this as part of his ploy for securing his power. He's very very tactical. The way he sets it up is you know the whole. It's so it's so obvious the way he sets up. Oh well, we can't see each other anymore. This is going to be the last time. Then he he subtly hints at how that sleeping potion could poison him. He's yeah. like, oh well, she she he like he's dropping these half thoughts that she could complete. And it's like the poisoning was all her idea. Sejanus yeah. never suggested it. It's uh yeah, it's uh he's he's definitely using her. I I. I, I can't imagine he has any serious attachment to her. Um, well, the one thing that's striking is they do seem to have real chemistry. Like both the, act, oh, the actors, do. which is interesting because it's Patrick Stewart. You don't think of him as like, like, you know, he's sort of the guy that you think of as not Kirk who has chemistry with every woman that he meets. But, 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 you know, uh, Patrick Stewart sort of embodies the opposite of that in a lot of people's minds. But here he's got tremendous chemistry with the actress that's playing La Villa. And, and their chemistry is really kind of oriented around... Uh, 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 they, they seem to be fairly uh, uh, kinky, is how I would describe. Yeah, the, the that's, that's definitely, um, definitely a thing. And, uh, and, so, and again, this is a scene where I think... Remember how I was talking about the show Rome and they had they inserted that into the Livia and and Octavian storyline in a way that I felt just it was like they're just adding it for the H the, the required HBO sex scenes but yeah. here we're also getting sort of the obligatory you know uh, BBC public television uh, sex scenes uh, <laughs> but it fits what's going on like here it makes total yes. sense um, mm-hmm. And it, it helps explain why Lavilla would be attracted to him and why she would be willing to do the things that she's doing. Um, and so, but anyways, you know, uh, the end result of all this is going to be that Castor dies by the end of the episode. And, uh, and, and Sejanus is, is further establishing his position in Rome. Um, and so I think uh, th- it's probably worth getting into that scene about Claudius visiting Lavilla. Livia, because even though yeah. it's not, it's not the most, it's not necessarily the most important plot detail of, in terms of the structure of the episode. It's it's the one that I have the most notes on, and and it's, I feel like it, from a character perspective, it's about the most important episode. And I mean, I I, well, I felt like not from a plot perspective, but it's just the most. It's it, no, I, I think, felt a lot of ways it was the most dramatic episode. I think you're right. I mean, I think, this is a scene, not an episode. I think it's no, one of the most scene. important episodes in the whole, or one of the most important scenes in the whole yeah, sorry, show. Set you off on that. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I think it's one of the most important scenes on the whole show. It's just yeah. interesting because it doesn't feel like it's the most important scene in this episode. If that makes sense, 
because it's not. Yeah, it's true in the moment. You're right. I, I mean, it's yeah, because there's a lot going on in this episode. But but yeah, for the story of Livia, I mean, it's one of the most important Livia scenes yeah. there is through this whole series. No, I would agree. I would agree 100 percent. And I think I think it's the most it's the most it's the scene that I remembered from this episode. I remember I, I think I also remembered the fight that Castor and Tiberius had over Sejanus. And 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 the scene where where Sejanus, which we'll get to after this, but where Sejanus uh, convinces Claudius to marry his sister, and this scene, those are like the three scenes that really stick out in my mind from this episode. That oddly, and the suicide. I mean, it's been twenty years, but oddly, I didn't remember this scene at all, and I was really surprised. I'm like, how did I not remember this okay. scene? This scene so, is so huge. So I was I I. I was kind of astounded when I well, when this, we got to the scene. I can see how it might be forgotten because, again, it doesn't necessarily fit with everything else that's going on in the episode. So it's kind of Could easy. A... Do you know what I mean? But it, uh, it it's memorable, and and I have so many notes. If I forget an important thing, remind me because, like, serious. Like I have almost a page of notes on this uh, on this scene. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did remember bits and pieces of the scene. Like I remembered, I remembered her. You know, noticing that now, you know, his his stammer had kind of drifted away and, you know, that kind of thing. I kind of remembered those little moments. I just didn't remember the the overall scene and her telling him everything I, that he tells her. She tells him. I, I did not, yeah, she, not remember that. She tells him a lot. So basically, Claudius gets invited to Livia's uh, for, 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 for dinner or because it's her birthday. And mm-hmm. and he's and he's very apprehensive about this. We see him in an earlier scene with Herod and Castor, where he's 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 you know he doesn't know what to do. And he's asking what gift to get her, and that's when that's when Castor shows him the Sejanus head being sold at one of the stalls, and you know it's kind of a humorous moment. But he gets yeah. there, and Caligula's already there, and she tells him Caligula's a monster, and she ba- I mean, they don't clearly come out and say it, but she says that she found the jade. No, the, not the jade, the green, the green pendant, whatever it was that uh, that Caligula used to kill his father. And I don't think she confirms it in Claudius's mind, but the audience now knows for sure. Like, yeah, um, well, it's interesting because I and, and that's while well, Caligula's still there. I mean, you know, Caligula even goes, "Oh, should you really be giving away my yeah. my secrets or whatever?" And and it's uh, it's I mean, she's. She, she's really kind of putting Claudius in a lot of peril in that moment. By, no, uh, but here's the thing: I th- I don't think that's what she's doing. I think she's protect. I think she's actively trying to protect Claudius, and she might be doing oh. it for selfish reasons, um, mm-hmm. because because of what we're going to talk about and what Claudius needs to do for her. But by but because she she's getting that secret out now, so that Claudius can be in on the conspiracy. But then she also tells. Uh, Caligula, that Claudius is so old-fashioned that even if he knows uh, the truth, because he swore a vow to your to his brother that he's going to protect all his children, he will never do him any harm. And so yeah, I think I think yeah. she's pl- and, and and that again, you know, when we get to the Caligula episodes, we're going to see that Caligula always stays his hand with Claudius for some reason, and I think the reason is actually in this scene. Because yeah, that makes sense. And so, so I think I think she was actually trying to protect him. Um, but then we see Caligula. You know, she dismisses Caligula, and before he leaves, he kisses her way too deeply for your grand. She's his grandmother, and and he fondles her breast. And yeah. and when he leaves, Livia just looks at Claudius and says, "My body fascinates him because it's so old." And she's basically letting him do things to her body because she wants. She she knows that. Uh, 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 Thrasyllus had uh, prophesied that Caligula was going to be emperor, and and she wants to become a goddess so that she can escape punishment, and 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 so she's letting him do these things because he's made a promise to her that he's going to make her uh, uh, a goddess. Um, but now she is asking, she's inviting Claudius. Number one, because she realizes he's not as foolish as he has appeared, and mm-hmm. and there's that whole moment where. As soon as she says that, he suddenly loses his stutter. He talks more seriously to her. He he begins asking her probing questions, and then he even he even gets a little bit ballsy. And she says, "Look, I want you know, I want you to do something for me. I want you to make me a goddess when you have the ability to do so, and I want you to make sure that he makes up me a goddess." And uh, he says, "Okay, if you tell me the truth," 
And I mean, it's a, it's a pretty ballsy move, I think. Yeah. Um, it might part of it might be the wine because when he shows up, he drinks three cups it's of wine. Definitely um, partly the wine yeah. that's going up there. Yeah. But um, but anyways, she goes on to say, okay, you know, well, first she says he wants the truth and calls it like a small favor. I forget the exact phrase. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's clearly the most important thing. And and here I think we get it. Some of the, this is like kind of where a lot of the stuff because this is really Livia's ba- b- last big scene. This is our last opportunity to really get uh, to sort of do our trial of Livia that we've been doing and 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 render our judgment on her. Um, but uh, but she says to him, you know, do you believe that the souls of great criminals suffer eternal torment, but that the immortal gods, whatever crime they commit, have no fear of punishment? And he says yes, and then he uses Job as an example and says all the horrible things he does. And so that's when she, you know, she asks him to make her a goddess, and he sets his terms, and she agrees. And so she says that, um, uh, you know, uh, where was it? She, so, so first she sort of lays out the case for why she did what she did. She, um, she explains that, and in, in, from her point of view, and, and this might be very self-serving. We can talk about this, but she says that that uh, that that Augustus was was constantly setting the empire on the path for civil war again with his favoritism, and that yeah. she was, you know, and, and she, you know, she's Agrippa against Marcellus, Ty, Gaius against Tiberius, Tiberius against Postumus. She lays out this thing case by case, and we know, having been there ourselves, that maybe this doesn't line up exactly with how she's laying it out. But no. but at this point, this is the story that she seems to be sticking with, um, and uh, it's least, also it's also you know the, the 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 other element to it too. It's like okay, even if he is pitting this person against this person, which is debatable, it's like did she really pick the best possible side yes, out of yes. those two candidates? <laughs> well, and here's here's where I think there's a lot of room for debate. I think I think. He, what, what the reason she gives for why all those people weren't worthy is that they were all infected with republicanism, mm-hmm. and and so I don't know about Agrippa. I mean Agrippa. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't see it with yeah. Agrippa at all. A lot of the others, though, I think, yeah, there, there might have been that might have been a factor, um, mm-hmm. especially someone like Postumus. Postumus, probably the case that he would have been, uh, and also with Postumus, he I, I can see Postumus not being a great ruler. Um, and she yeah. sort of, and she sort of, really emphasizes Posthumus, I think, for that reason in her argument to to Claudius. But the others, it's it's a lot like I don't know. Uh, Lucius was pretty capable, it seemed. Um, so so I so so again, but but she but she goes on to say uh, to, to tell Claudius all the people that she killed and and uh, and and. And so she says that she killed Marcellus, and her reasoning was that the Empire needed Agrippa more than it needed Marcellus. Mm-hmm. Um, that might actually be true. That seemed like a, when she actually said that, I was like, hmm, that makes a certain amount of sense. Um, because when we see, when we see, Mar- like, Marcellus is not painted in a very positive light when we meet him. He's, no. he's sort of ridiculing Agrippa, who's this great Roman that is, you know, fought at the Battle of Actium and achieved great things. And and what has Marcellus done except for all we see him do is is staging really expensive games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, it's it, yeah, it's such needless needling too. It's like, what do you? There's no gain to upsetting him. It's just it's just he's a guy who's picking a fight with Agrippa for just to be a jerk and and look look cool at a party it's uh it's 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 very very petty and so then she says she poisoned agrippa later um and the reason she gives is because she knew that julia his wife was in love with tiberius um Hmm. and so she sort of phrases it in a way that seems like uh uh it's not necessarily out of self-interest but clearly it is um and then she says uh uh Julia and Agrippa's sons, Gaius and Lucius. She poisoned Gaius in Syria, and she had Lucius drowned in a boating accident arranged by Plautius, which we knew. We, we basically knew those two yeah. things. Um, and then Posthumus, she says, uh, he, he asked him about Posthumus, and she says, you were fond of him, weren't you? And he says, yes. And she says, he was useless. And uh, she <laughs> says, he, she had to get rid of him because he was a threat to Tiberius, and he, and he knew that she had her mother, uh, his mother banished. 
Um, and so then he finally asks, well, what about, uh, you know, my father, Drusus, your son, and my brother, Germanicus? And here, this is where I think we get into very ambiguous territory. But she says, uh, your father died of his wound. Uh, and uh, Plancina poisoned Germanicus, but without instruction from me, even though I marked them both for death. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing about that. Number one, I mean, it's possible that wound was pretty bad. He could have died of it before. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty dubious, though. Yeah. But, but... I'm pretty sure there was a letter of instructions from Livia sent to Plancina that we that that was featured in the previous in, in the episode about Piso. So, uh, yeah, I I think I I don't think we can take what she's saying at face value. Yeah. Now, now we don't know for sure what that letter said. Um, so it's possible that she is being truthful and she had just marked them down for death that she. That you know, again, she didn't actually issue the order. Yeah, well, that um, that would but, be enough to be treasonous. Yeah, uh, but 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 clearly, but but either way, the the thing that I think is so interesting in this conversation is uh is is at one point she says I've done many many terrible things, Claudius, uh, but they're things that like any ruler would have done. Yeah. And so, you know, and I've always put the good of the empire above all else. That's sort of her. <laughs> now, 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 uh, now, what's in now? Number one, you know, there's what's interesting about that is is it gets into the discussion that we've been having about Livia's motives, but also she kind of calls herself the ruler in that scene. I've done terrible things, but what ruler hasn't? You know, yeah. no ruler can. You know, so she clearly sees herself as the as the ruler of the empire in that yeah. in that scene, and so I think that's kind of important. Um, but I don't know. So, so by the end of all this, you know. She she explains that the reason that she had Germanicus and um, uh, and why uh, Drusus was marked for death was because they were infected with republicanism. And Claudius says, you know what I would do if I were emperor? I would make it a republic again. And then she just calls him a fool. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, oh, and she also confesses to the murder of Augustus and says that that was the hardest thing she ever had to do. Um, yeah. So there's more that follows this. But I don't know what. And I and I just kind of dumped everything on you, but like, what did I you think, what did you think of all that? I think one interesting thing about this scene that, that's revealing about Claudius is the fact that all he wants is information. Like anyone else in the show would want to know this to get an angle or to use it for someone, but just knowing all this stuff from Livia is his main motivation to an extent. Yeah. It's like, it's his, his historian instinct. It's like, he just, he, you know, he desperately wants to know the whole story and that's his, his primary angle in this scene is just to find stuff out for no other reason than to know it. Well, <laughs> and it's interesting because he says to her, I'm a historian. Like, this is important to me. I just want the truth. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, and and also seems kind of like in exchange he's honest to her because he didn't have to say to her I'd restore the republic, um, but he does. And yeah, so, he is very straight with her yeah. in return. Now, importantly, he never does restore the republic. So you know, yeah. there is the question of you know how honest is he being with himself? But I think what I find interesting well, about well, I think he's being honest. Then I mean, yeah. times change, people change, and so on. Yeah. He there's no, you know, it's just a matter of. Uh, what ended up happening well no i think that's an important point because um a lot of bad things haven't happened yet that really affect mm-hmm. there's a there's a scene upcoming when Sejanus falls that i think really shapes claudius and and that hasn't happened yet um so yeah but 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 but, but what's fascinating i mean uh and again i'm going to sk- there, there's there's other stuff that happens that we have to get to as well but i'm going to connect this scene to the last scene because later on in the episode when livia dies uh, she she calls for Caligula and she calls for Claudius and Caligula reneges on his deal. He says, "Oh no, I'm not going to make you a goddess. I've got what I want from you. My secret dies with you. So you know, yeah. goodbye, smelly old woman." And then he he, he leaves her. Uh, but uh, but Livia, uh, when 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 Cla- when Claudius arrives, uh, he agrees. He says, I'll, "I'm going to make him make you a goddess. I'll, I'll you know I'll I'll do all these things." But she also entrusts him to. Uh, to to uh to to place a coin in her mouth for the uh for the ferryman and 
And what's interesting about that is not even his own mother entrusts him to do that. Later in the show, his mother doesn't trust him to perform any of her death rites. She has her slave do it because she thinks he's going to muck it all up. Um, <laughs> but Livia trusts Claudius. And I think, I, think it's, I think it's fascinating that even though he hates her, like we see in like these later in the flashback sequences, how much resentment he has towards her. I, they almost have in a weird way like the closest relationship by the end in the show like uh, like she like he's the last person to be be with her when she dies you know yeah. that's that's not insignificant um, and so so I don't know I, I just I just find the whole like it's a really it's it, it's almost moving because Claudius is the protagonist. He's the most likable character. He's the character that we're supposed to root for, and he's the character that she decides to to have by her bedside when she when she's dying. And she's the most, you know, she's not the most repugnant character in the show, but she's like the biggest villain. You know what I mean? She's the villain that gets the ball rolling in this. Series. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and so it's 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 just kind of I don't know. Anytime you can have like the hero and the villain in an intimate situation like that is fascinating to me. Um, you know, it is. And I mean, well, I mean, the being family is part of it too. That's a, that's a, another underlying element you get. I mean, a lot of shows involving, you know, Royal families and nobility and so on. It's, it's the fact that you, when you, when you mix politics and family in that way, you get very, very complicated relationships. Yeah. But, but, what I, <laughs> but what I think is so interesting about how this show does it is usually in a lot of those shows, you fe- the family stuff seems to fall by the wayside a lot. And I, sure. I feel I like, like almost to the point that you forget that, hey, these are two brothers that are plotting against each other because they're being so they're being yeah. so non sibling like. But I yeah. feel like the family stuff rises to the surface enough here that it reminds you and and i think you see it in a lot of these scenes and you see it in the scene where she's like you know she is saying you know how hard it was to a poison augustus and we see her in a very vulnerable moment because she's terrified mm-hmm. that she's dying and she doesn't want to suffer and and she's now sort of it seems like she's evaluating her whole life and trying to cast it in the best light possible and mm-hmm. and also trying yeah. to get the promise to be made a goddess so she can escape the the torment that she knows is coming to her. Um, yeah, I mean, Livia is a very manipulative person, so I think her whole her whole story she gives to Claudius is is even if she's not consciously aware of it, is very much invention of trying to make herself the hero of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, it's like because I don't, I I really don't think she was thinking a lot of those things at the time in those previous episodes but it's like here's the reason i've put it together i've invented a reason why i always did the right thing uh, yeah it's it's very i don't know i'm i'm torn i i i have to admit i'm very sympathetic to livia the more i watch the show um, oh and again, I, I don't like i said i don't think i think there were moments where she thought she was doing the right thing but i i, I just think she tilted it way hmm. further than, than the actuality well, That's well yeah all. no i i i think that the the personal ambition, I think, is obviously a much bigger factor than she's admitting in this mm-hmm. conversation. But what kind of balances that for me is the fact that she refers to herself as the ruler. Like, for a woman in Rome to wield that kind of power, this is literally yeah. the only way she could do it. And oh, so, yeah. And so I, it's, it's, it makes, I don't know, I mean, I mean, again, she is a mustache-twirling villain to a degree, but, but she's a, a really... Uh, I, I I genuinely feel bad for her in the, in, the, in, the, in this scene, and I also feel like I kind of understand a little bit of uh, what she might have been, th- you know, like like even if there was, like you said, there's a there's hypocrisy in there, and there's 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 uh, there's a lot of lies being mixed in with the truth. Um, I don't know. I I feel like uh, if I were in a situation where I've given this whole cast of characters and we're going to place one of them in control of Rome and and we need to pick the person who's going to actually succeed at it. She'd be one of the people that I would pick. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the Her problems arise from the fact that she has to do it illegitimately. And so yeah. that's, that's where I think she ends up doing a lot of the questionable things. Um, yeah. And, and I have no illusion that she would also, in that position, 
do terrible things that she thought were justified for the end goals of the empire. She um, wouldn't have to be so underhanded and, and criminal about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. I I mean to, to to go off on a tangent here. I like about ten years ago went to a phase where I was listening to a lot of old old classic radio plays from the early twentieth century, and you know I was listening to a lot of those mystery and crime ones for a while. And one thing I noticed is character type that would occur time and time again was the manipulative wife who was like goading her husband into doing these things, these criminal things, kind of the, the Lady Macbeth type almost, yep. or the Libby type, but in a, in a 20th century format. And it was so common. And it just made me think, I'm like, why was this so common? You know, and it's obvious, but it's like it was so common then, and it's not something you see much anymore in entertainment because women can just go do things now. Yeah. Whereas in the early 20th century, it's like easy to cast them as, ooh, these evil, manipulative women. But it's like the only way they could get anything to happen was to push the guy into doing these things yeah. and uh, it was it was just it was just it was just an interesting uh, cultural well, shift that i observed there well and she's such a i mean she's such a powerful villain that like that's why the um uh you know that's what tony soprano's mother is based in part on her that's why that's why she's yes, named that. yes um you know so i mean it's a uh i i think i i don't know i i in a way this is like a very i mean again we're gonna get we're gonna get our money's worth because Caligula and Sejanus are like this is a show that it does the impossible. It dispenses with these hugely important characters like Livia and Augustus, which should be something that you you know ruins the show. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. in, in, in any other TV show, the moment Livia was out of the series, the show would go to hell. But they have enough stuff waiting for you. We yeah. have Sejanus, we have Caligula, and we have you know. Uh, Claudius's interesting marriage or uh, arrangement. Uh, you know, there, there's enough stuff coming up. Um, but yeah, but and actually, I, I, you've just just reminded me too, real quickly. I I like the fact you know talking about you know Livia's gone, Sejanus is there now. I like the way it's set up in this episode where we get the sedan chair scene you talked about with Livia and Tiberius. And Tiberius is basically blowing Livia off. This is the first scene in the show where it seems, wow, Tiberius has kind of sidelined Livia. He's yeah. not paying attention to her anymore. Then the very next scene is the one that starts with him and Caligula. And then Sejanus comes in and we see, oh, oh, it's like Tiberius hasn't grown up. He's just found a new parent. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> he's just replaced her with Sejanus, and he's still the dupe that's well, he, got this I, manipulative person running things for well, him. Because, but, but think about it. Like In the context of the show, Tiberius has been shown to be somebody who does... He he's not creative. We know this about him. He's not a you know he, he yeah. He, she I think she even says that when it comes to the non-creative, you know, pursuits, you can be relied upon. But yes. to be a, to be a leader, you have to be creative. You have to sort of innovate and think. You know, he's not he's not somebody who is going to be able to run the empire uh, without no. a really good advisor to see him through. And so Sejanus is kind of filling that role here, I think. Um, yeah, and he's he's made a he's made a huge terrible step in the wrong direction. Because I mean, it's like he went from having one master manipulator behind the scenes that at least she was his mother, at least yeah. she genuinely wanted him there as her legacy. Whereas Sejanus, it's like Sejanus is just as ruthless yes. and manipulative, and he doesn't care about Tiberius at all. And and, <laughs> and and that's and the thing the thing that really makes this show work is the villains. The the, yes. the first villain is Livia, then you get Sejanus, then you get Caligula, and then you get um what's Claudius's wife's name? It's uh oh. it's escaping me. Um, yeah, I, I can't recall at this point. They've only only mentioned her once so far in the series. Um, Messalina, Messalina, Messalina. Yes, a, a she's another tremendous villain. She's not in she's not in the same same shape as Livia at all. But the stuff she does is just it's it's all perfect. It's all perfect. Mm -hmm. And then and then we even get you know his his other wife Agrippina. But by that point, I think the villainy shifts more to the bureaucracy of the imperial. Uh, structure because 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 a lot of the focus is on his two advisors that he that he has mm -hmm. um so uh but but again i think i think again the thing that really just makes this show work is the villains and we see that here where we have the death of 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 the first villain of the show um 
and it, I don't know. Again, like we were saying, it's not. There's a lot of other stuff going on this episode, and and uh, and this this part almost kind of stands out as unusual because it. I mean, it connects to what's going on, but not 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 in an immediately obvious way. I would say it connects thematically, but it doesn't connect. Um, uh, you know, there's so many other plot points that are. Uh, uh, you know, with, with Castor being poisoned and Sejanus seizing his control, uh, and uh, it, it it just it, it, this sort of uh, feels like it could have been its own episode. This this thing with Livia, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, but either way, it was you know the the one other thing about you know we've we've, we've covered a lot and and we're going on fifty minutes here, so I want to yeah. I want to get back to one of the other details that I thought was important. Which is um, Claudius is going to see Castor when he's dying, and on his way in, Sejanus stops him. And there's this great exchange. This is like one of the most funny scenes in the show, I think, where uh, where Sejanus walks up to Claudius and he says, "Did you know your wife was pregnant?" And Claudius is playing the fool. He says, "Oh no, I didn't know. I didn't know." And uh, he's, he's in. You know, Sejanus walks back up to him. He says, well, you'll have to divorce her, you know. And uh, and then Claudius is like, well, what for? And he says, well, you silly man. You you can't be married to the woman she's having. You know, it's established in the course of the conversation that uh, that, that she's pregnant with another man's baby. Yeah, you know? well, Claudius feeds that right to him, too. Claudius is the one's like, oh, well, it can't be my child, yeah. which is exactly... You know, if he'd said anything but that, he wouldn't have been given Sejanus the perfect angle to force him into into doing this. But he feeds it right to him. And there's this great lie where he says, "So whom will you marry now?" And and Claudius is like, "Well, I'm 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 only just filing for divorce." And yeah. And, uh, and he says, "Well, you you don't want to live alone, do you?" He says, oh, "I already I already do live alone." alone. <laughs> and so then Sejanus's response is, "Well, then it doesn't matter if you're married or not, does it?" And uh, I have the perfect woman for you, beautiful, independent. She'll leave you alone as much as you like. My sister, Alia. And so it, it's just, I don't know, there's something about this scene. We see Sejanus is, he's got so much confidence in his technique. He, and, he, and, he's, and, he's, and he's always just perfectly prepared. You know, like mm-hmm. that, like that, the, 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 he's done his homework here, you know, and, and, uh, yes. and, uh, and, he, and he's put, and, and obviously Claudius, who really isn't a fool? He knows what danger he's in in this scene. Uh, yes, you know. Well, that's, the, that's, that's the beauty of it. Sejanus is is very smooth and friendly and charming and has the right answer to everything. But he's backed up by by danger. You know, yes. it's like you know you know he'll kill you if you want. So it's like the perfect combination. It's like well, it's hard to it's he gives you no reason to say no yeah. on either 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 angle. No, and he's and he secured permission from Tiberius already. So there's yeah. really nothing Claudius can do. If Claudius says no, Claudius will die. I think I think that's and yeah. and so uh uh he agrees and and this cements Sejanus's position, you know, by connecting him to the imperial family and and soon after after the death of Castor there's a scene with Herod, Antonia, Agrippina and Claudius. And it starts out with Herod saying that he's going to go to Edom because he's basically like Tiberius doesn't want like pretty much doesn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. And so he's going to mm-hmm. he's going to he's going to flee. And um, uh, but then it works its way into the uh, uh, Agrippina starts taking control of the conversation. And she she sort of rebukes uh, Claudius for agreeing to marry Sejanus's sister. Oh, more than sort yeah. of. She's pretty harsh. Yeah. And, and, and that like sets off Antonia. Us. Yeah, yeah, that sets off Antonia, who's furious at him as well. And well actually, you're right. Antonia is the one that really goes off. You're right, Agrippina's a little lighter in her review. And, and what's clear is these three people in the room are like, they're kind of, I mean, there are other people who will be dispensive soon enough. But these are like the last three Romans with real integrity in the room. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 Herod's not even a Roman, but he but he, but he's be, but in this scene and up until this point, I think he's being painted as somebody who has integrity and is and is 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 loyal to his friend, is loyal to his principles or whatever. Um, uh, at least that's the way he communicates in the in this scene. And uh, uh, and they call Claudius a blockhead. Like, why would you do this? You're giving, you know, you should, you know, you should have said something. And and Herod sort of. It's interesting because Herod sort of rebukes Claudius with this statement, but he also compliments him. And he yeah. also sorts of sets himself off on his own path, I think. 
but he says he says Claudius is not a blockhead. And then he looks at Claudius and he and he and he and again he's kind of judging him when he says this, but he says, you know, Claudius sways and bends with each wind that blows, but at least he's still here. Yeah. And and uh and so I I, I feel like this is a scene where, where maybe Herod is having a realization because this is also the moment where Herod's being kicked out of Rome and he realizes mm-hmm. that, you know, he's going to have to connect with one of his uncle. He has to choose one of his three uncles to trust. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, we know eventually Herod, uh, Herod makes his own gamble later in the show. And it's, it's a very dramatic thing and we'll, we can get to it when we get there. But, uh, but I feel like this is where, uh, Herod starts thinking in more Machiavellian terms. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I know that's a, an anachronism at this point, but uh, you know, it's still, it, it, I think yeah. the show is Machiavellian. And, and so, uh, and Agrippina and Antonia are clearly not willing to go, to go there with Claudius. But I think Herod mm-hmm. is, I think Herod is upset about it, but he sees that there's value in surviving and there's, there's maybe no value in just dying for, you know, yeah. As a martyr. Um, uh, yeah. At this point, at this point, that whole movement of Republicans that were still hanging around is is utterly, <laughs> utterly cleaned up here. Aside yeah. from that, the few people in that room. So there's, it's like, yeah, just just cut your losses and uh, try and try but, and unlive a little but, longer. But here's the thing: is Antonia really a Republican? Because the way she's been painted to me in this show is that she isn't. I don't. I, I mean. I certainly think. Well, yeah, I, I I agree. I she's probably doesn't count as that. Agrippina, I would count, but not yeah. not Antonia. Antonia, I see as just being a very traditional role. Like she just has like just she just very traditional, and it's which makes it a little tough to say with Antonia because the, the you know the I mean having an emperor you know having someone who's effectively a king is kind of an affront yeah, to but, rope traditions to an extent but i don't know if that's something she cares about i think i honestly think antonia is somebody who buys the propaganda i think she she's so traditional that she's bought the package that augustus wrapped around the imperial uh yeah. position and yeah, so yeah I and, and so so i think and so i think what's horrifying her is the fact that the person who is in that position is behaving in such a ghastly manner and mm-hmm. that Sejanus is wielding authority above his station you know like all these things and so I, I um, so I think I think that her integrity is coming at it from a slightly different angle but there's another important thing that happens this scene Agrippina says to um, uh, to Antonia when Antonia is surprised about all this news she says you know she says what kind of world do you think we're living in Antonia and and I think this is the point where Antonia is now. We I don't remember which episode it is, but eventually she decides to commit suicide herself, and she does it in a very. I mean, it's not a an angsty suicide. This is a. I don't want to be a Roman in this. This is not the Rome that I grew up in. So I will. I am going to leave, um, mm-hmm. which is a very Roman thing to do. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so I I I. Uh, I, I think she's got a slightly different perspective here than Agrippina. Also, I'm always a little bit s- suspicious of Agrippina's motives. Um, we've we've been we've been sort of holding Livia under a fine comb, but I think you could hold Agrippina under a fine comb as well. Yeah, um, yeah, you could, you could. Um, I agree. Um, especially in that scene where, you know, again, I, we've been going on and on, but there is a scene where Agrippina confronts Tiberius, and it is important because uh, Tiberius is. Uh, he is making an offering to to the altar of Augustus at the and and oh yes and and he asks for peace. He's clearly whatever whatever demon has gotten hold of him that he is pursuing with all of these exploits of his. It's it, it seems to be eating at him to an extent, and uh, um, and so he's just asking for peace and. And Agrippina is right behind him, and she's like, "How dare you? How dare you make an offering to Augustus and 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 mistreat his grandchildren?" Um, and so, uh, you know, what comes to the surface here is number one, it's she's been assuming that that all of the things like the she thinks that the thing with Lalia and the thing with Cilia uh, Cecina are Tiberius's way of getting at her because they're her friends. 
And so mm-hmm. she thinks that that her friends are being stripped away one by one and that it's all just out of spite from Tiberius. But over the course of the scene, it becomes clear she maybe she realizes, oh, maybe that's not the case, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then he tells her, you know, uh, you know, he he, he base she gets him to promise to treat, you know, she says, like, you treat Caligula well enough and we all know why. But her other her other sons, he doesn't treat so well. And so he says, OK, I'll look upon your, you know, I, I will treat them well, but I am never going to be able to let go of what you made me do to Piso. Like that is something that I just can't forgive, um, mm-hmm. and so I think it's a it's kind of an interesting and important exchange. We we sort of get, we see a side of Agrippina that's a little different, and we see a side of Tiberius. We've never really seen Tiberius's sense of personal loyalty before. Do you know what I mean? Except to maybe his brother Drusus. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that uh, that that in that scene, you know, that he brought Piso up again because it, it wasn't clear last episode how much genuine loyalty he had to him or not. And, but, and, uh, and I believed him here. I thought that was a I genuine did too. thing. Uh, yeah, there was it, it wasn't something that would have made sense as a lie. I mean, he didn't have any reason to make that up as an excuse. So. so. So I think I think, you know, it, it, and again, it's one. And so and when he says that, here's what I here's where I think why that I think that's important. We sort of saw the soldier stripped away from Tiberius this episode. And I think what he's saying is Agrippina stripped that other component of his personality away that that that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so and by the end of the episode, Castor is gone. So. You know what does Tiberius really have at this stage? He's got he's got Caligula yeah. and Sejanus. Yeah. Those are his two. Those are the two <laughs> things that he seems to have now. Um, and so so yeah. So I don't know. I, I thought I thought this is one of the most interesting episodes of the series. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I think the the scene with Livia is just a standout scene in general. That is just that is one of the one of the big payoffs of the whole show. And it, yeah. And and I also think that this this episode sets up so much for what's coming. They they really lay a lot of important groundwork, and and we'll get to it when we get to it. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. And like you said at the start of this, there's no real filler episodes here. Even some even even episodes where they're setting stuff up, the setup itself is so interesting and fun and enjoyable to watch. That yeah, Chris. Uh, no, it's it's. I mean, because this is kind of a transition episode, but. It, it it's an amazing transition <laughs> and, and 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 now and now we're firmly in the Sejanus era which i think is a, 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 a one it, it's a it, it's so interesting to watch how like it, rome only gets worse and worse over the course of the show up until maybe the, the reign of claudius claudius maybe starts setting some things right but then you know it has its own thing it's important to note too that's also a different book the um all the stuff dealing with Claudius uh, during other people's reigns is the I Claudius book, and Claudius the God is, I believe, the if I remember correctly, the separation of the two. That's where we deal with Claudius's reign. So, um, so you know, there, there, there's that, uh, there is that 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 difference there. But basically, all through I Claudius, it just gets worse and worse and worse, and yeah. uh, and and so, you know first we have for lack of a better word the reign of Livia and then that's followed by the reign of Sejanus which is terrible but then you have the reign of Caligula which is even worse yeah you know and so and and you almost you could you almost don't even consider Tiberius's reign a reign into itself because it's either it's either the reign of Livia or the reign of Sejanus Um, oh there's one other important detail that I think we have to get into before we go which is that Caligula says that he thinks he's going to become a god um, because mm. of the, the prophecy from Thrasyllus. And and uh, let me find it because it's very important. Um, so he says that it's been prophesied that somebody is going to die soon who will become the greatest god ever known. No temples will be dedicated to him, uh, to, to anyone but him in the whole of the Roman world. And... And then he says, "You know who that is? That's me." And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and obviously, the 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 writing is coming from a from a it's coming from a point of view where that is supposed to be Jesus, 
And so, yeah, know, that's, that's definitely dramatic irony going on yeah. there. You, the audience, you're like, mm, no. So, and, we, and we get more in. There's there's more fun to be had with that. And, and again, I think I, I forget exactly when that when people usually place the the crucifixion, but I think it's usually during the reign of Tiberius. I think he's the one who yeah. is um so so you know we we know who he's who he's really talking about um but but it's it's the most wonderful number one it's wonderful that the, that the prophecy is like obviously the writer takes takes seriously uh christianity so so but it's it's also interesting that they take that the prophecy of the roman is taken seriously do you know what i mean that this is treated as a prophecy that might have some truth to it and oh yeah and yeah so, i mean it's it is part of just i mean because i mean honestly you you I mean, if you're interpreting it you can't interpret it purely from a roman perspective because yeah. you don't you don't actually have to accept christianity well, as being real you just have to accept roman magic as being real because whether whether Christ really is the Messiah or not, there's still the prophecy that every temple is going to be replaced in yes. Rome. So it's, it's you know, it, it's not like it's really changing cosmologies. It's just having this cosmology continue to operate the way it has been. And it's not even so much about what one's personal beliefs are. You know, I mean, it's more about just the, um, you know, the like it's talking, it's taking Christianity seriously because like you say, Christianity becomes the dominant paradigm in, in the mm -hmm. Roman world. It replaces yeah. all the stuff that we're seeing now. And I think one of the things the show does that's so tremendous is it really gets you thinking about this clash of viewpoints that are, that are emerging. And so, you know, and so we, when it, when it's giving you the Roman viewpoint, it sincerely tries to give you the Roman viewpoint. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I like about it. it. It's this, it's, it's, you know, this is Caligula is thinking from a very Roman perspective here and it's not totally outrageous. What, you know, I mean, it is outrageous. He's considering himself a God, but it's not, it's not outside of the worldview that he lives in that, uh, no, you know, no, um, exactly. I mean, you know, Augustus has just become a God. Why can't he? <laughs> I mean. and, 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 and so, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it, again, it's one of these cool things about the show but it's 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 just the most marvelous misunderstanding of a prophecy ever that he that he thinks that he is this person that's being prophesied and the viewer has this knowledge that okay no they're really talking about jesus but caligula thinks that he's going to be the god and whoa look look at look at where he goes with that it's a uh it's just i don't know it, it, i i i think i the caligula and claudia stuff are the best part of the show and 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 it's just it's just uh it's just handled amazingly well so and yeah. again we, the fact that we've been going on for an hour here should tell yeah us, so. i i yeah I, there's just a lot <laughs> there's so much to say about this episode it's uh it's an incredible one so uh and also i mean i'm sure you know i know that they're like i i'm on facebook with a lot of people who follow rome and i consider like i i haven't been as deeply into rome as i was when i was younger like when i was really nerdy about rome but i see a lot of folks who are and i suspect they know considerable more than we do and so i'd always be interested to hear from those people if they're listening to this podcast any mm -hmm. thoughts they might have on the history if you're like a mega roman nerd i want to hear your your take on this stuff because it's it's i claudius is a great platform for launching into discussions about it because there's stuff in there that's you know out of date there's stuff in there that is maybe uh, you know, maybe you 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 would want to debate yourself, and so I'm always I'm always curious to get other people's points of view on this, but um, but yeah, so so anyways, we should probably head out because I think we're I think we're hitting up on the hour, and we don't want to waste people's time too much. Uh, I will just say I, I think this Friday we're doing the Boxer Rebellion, and uh, mm -hmm. and and I still have a, an upcoming Wusha Workshop episode where we're going to talk about Brave Archer Three, so that's the the finale of well kind of the finale it's the end of the legend of condor heroes series <laughs> it's the finale the, of the the of the best movies in yeah, the series yeah and it's then a, there's yeah the, no i i really i i'm not on those podcasts but i've been, i've really enjoyed the first two podcasts so i have to say i'm looking forward to the third one yeah so we'll try to you know we'll try to get up on that one and and uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll have further discussion on it and and, uh, and and we have a lot of other stuff uh, coming out. I, I uh, something I don't know if we're going to podcast it or not, but I want to do a um, 
I want to do a Hong Kong action theater thing for some reason, and and we're gonna try. I'm gonna try to maybe have a discussion on that topic on uh, on the podcast if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, uh, you know, we'll let you go, and we'll talk to you later. 